This evening, the title of my sermon is Give Glory to God or Be Cursed. Give Glory to God or Be Cursed. And we're going to be looking at Malachi chapter 2, verses 1 through to 9. Up until now, in the book of Malachi, we've seen a declaration of God's love for the Jews. We saw that at the beginning of chapter 1, and that it was, uh, he loved the Jews and he, Israel was his choice over all the other nations to receive blessings, to be his peculiar people. Despite that, the history of the Jews is one of rebellion against God who redeemed them out of their afflictions in Egypt with an outstretched arm and a mighty hand. They forsook the Lord and they committed all manner of evils such as defiling themselves by having sexual relationships with the daughters of Moab and they worshipped the idols of those pagan people. They even sacrificed their children to false gods by burning them in fire. That was something that the Lord never commanded, neither did it enter his mind. And that always reminds me of the evil practice in our nation of sacrificing unborn children to the gods of convenience and irresponsibility, whether surgically in abortion clinics or nowadays medically at home and down the toilet. In Malachi's time, about 400 years before the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world, the Jews had returned to Jerusalem after 70 years of captivity in Babylon. Um, And they had 70 years of captivity in Babylon because of their rebellion against the Lord. Anyway, upon their return to the land, the temple was rebuilt. Sacrifices were once again being offered in the temple. However, the priests were offering blind, lame and sick sacrifices to the Lord. When the Lord brought this to the attention of the priests, uh, they did not acknowledge their guilt at all. Instead, they simply said, in what way have we defiled you? Last week, it was seen that the Lord rejected those offerings and he declared that his name would be great among the nations, thereby giving notice that the Gentiles would be called. This evening we will see that God, what God thought of the substandard offerings of the priests. For example, if you look in verse 3, you can see that the Lord is seen to spread the dung of those sacrifices upon the faces of the offerers. When you think about that, when you picture that, It's not a pretty picture, I know, but think about it. Those priests would have been ritually consecrated for their ministry on the outside. They would have looked the part with all their priestly robes. However, with dung spread upon their faces by the Lord, their apparent cleanliness and fitness to carry out the priestly ministry would have been exposed for what it really was, a complete sham. Also, we shall see that priestly duties were supposed to have included the proclamation of the law, which was and still is of the utmost importance. 
However, the failure of the priests to proclaim and teach as thus saith the Lord caused the people whom they were supposed to have represented before God to stumble. Consequently, we shall see God's judgment on those errant priests. Let's have a look at verse 1 in chapter 2. And now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. In verse 1, the Lord made it very clear that he was addressing the priests. They were the people whom God had appointed to represent the children of Israel before him. That was way back then. But what about now? Well, the new covenant church of which the Lord Jesus Christ is the mediator does not have a priestly class of people set apart from the rest of God's people as it was in the Old Testament. However, Jesus has set apart elders, he has set apart pastors who have a special responsibility to arrange for the carrying out of what the Lord has ordained in his church. That means that as a pastor, I have to give an account to the Lord as one who has been especially called by God to seek the welfare of men's souls. Therefore, I need to take heed to what is being said in today's Bible passage about those errant priests of old, so as not to follow suit. And beyond that, all born-again Christians, and not just pastors and elders, are in fact priests of the Most High God, and Jesus is their great heavenly high priest. That is taught very clearly in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 5 and 9, where the apostle said to Christians, not just pastors, not just elders, but Christians generally, you also, as living stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. So there's going to be a big challenge in this sermon for me, but uh, I'm not going to let you off the hook either. Or the word of God is not going to let you off the hook. What we shall consider this evening most certainly has applications, not just for me, but for all of you Christians, in as much as we are all priests of the Most High God, and our sacrifices to the Lord are of a spiritual kind. For example, Christians ought to offer the sacrifice of praise continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. I won't embarrass anyone by asking you to put your hand up if you offer the sacrifice of sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of your lips, giving thanks to his name. The trouble is that we can all make a joyful noise unto the Lord in Sunday worship, whilst at the same time uh, the lives that we live are anything but a sacrifice to God. 
like the Jewish religious leaders about whom Jesus said 400 years after Malachi, Jesus said about the scribes and the Pharisees, these people draw near me with their mouth and honour me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Jesus referred to the scribes and the Pharisees, or he described them as whitewashed tombs. Beautiful on the outside, but in 